The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Right, I want to be the number one drive pick to be everybody laugh at me. But guess what? I'm about that business. I'm outworking everybody in my position. I know that right, dude. Right, but I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing day, day by day. I'm doing things every single day. Commit to the dream. Jameis Winston working hard, outworking that. everybody. That's uh, look, okay. I I I, I want to see him be successful. I want to yeah. see him get the most out of his abilities. I love these these experiments. What went wrong with a guy in his first stop? What can go better now? And he still had a five thousand yard passing season. Yeah, we focus on the thirty interceptions. He still threw for five thousand yards in the Bruce Arians no risk it no biscuit offense. You tell a guy no risk it no biscuit, he's going to risk it, and sometimes he's not going to get the biscuit. But he got five thousand yards and he got more than thirty touchdowns. We don't talk about that as much as we talk about the thirty picks. Uh, look, I. I, I don't think the Saints can go wrong with Winston or Taysom Hill, and I think Sean Payton's going to find a way to use both of them. And I have a feeling, even without Drew Brees, the Saints are still going to be the Saints. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, you know, Jameis Winston, you, you know, you made a lot of great points there. You know, as we've talked about a lot, it, there, there's the, the, the high level of play is really high. Like, it's awesome. It's like, wow, look at these plays, unbelievable. Yeah, the bad ones are really bad, like we've talked about. You know, I, I've got a chance to to meet Jameis Winston twice in my life, and uh, he it just he just exudes love of football, and has the personality, I think, and the demeanor to be a special leader and do those type of things. You know, he just obviously missed a little polish, maybe the little coaching, how to approach your job. Hopefully, he's learned that here in New Orleans. Hopefully he has because I, 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 like you, I do think he's, you know, capable of special things. And I wouldn't be shocked if he took over this year and, like, did some special things to where we're going, whoa, Jameis Winston, look at this year he's having, the stats, the quarterback rating, all of that. That wouldn't be surprising to me. 
This is a conversation we had two days ago about Trevor Lawrence. Once you get to the NFL, how hard are you coached? What kind of coaching are you getting? How are you being pressed to do the things you need to do to improve as a player? And in Tampa Bay, it was Dirk Cutter, who was off, offensive coordinator and then became the head coach. And then it was Bruce Arians. And now it's Sean Payton. And uh, yes, we'll, we'll see what Payton can bring out of Jameis Winston, the way that he brought things out of Drew Brees that... yeah. If the Chargers knew Drew Brees could do them, they wouldn't have gotten Phillip Rivers in 2004, and Brees would have become one of the best quarterbacks of all time as a member of the Chargers, not as a member of the Saints. So it is going to be interesting to see how it, it plays out going forward. This year, just like with Winston in 2015, a quarterback presumed to be the first overall pick in 2015. It was Winston, then it was Marcus Mariota. It could go three, four. It will go three, could go four. Maybe go five deep in the first six or seven picks. That's good news for Stephen Jones and the Dallas Cowboys as the quarterbacks fly off the board. He appeared yesterday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Here's Stephen Jones talking about the Cowboys' draft strategy this year, given where they are. You know our standing policy here. We don't want you to have to horn your answer in or anything, but if you're certain about who y'all are going to take, we will give you the... Very good, very good. We will give you a clean slater to go ahead and tell us what is going to happen in the draft. You know, pretty much uh, unanimous people are thinking there's five first-round quarterbacks. That certainly helps us out since uh, we signed our quarterback of the future just this uh, spring and know he's our answer to to that riddle. But uh, uh, we are, we think, going to get some great opportunities because of the depth, not only at quarterback, but offense in general. And you know, we certainly want to improve our defensive football team. So certainly the top end of that draft uh, helps us in terms of what we might see there defensively. Certainly this should be pushing uh, some defensive football players our direction. Absolutely will push defensive players their direction. They may have a dilemma. Top defensive player on the board versus Kyle Pitts or versus a tackle or, yeah, yeah but, but, the, the, it could play out. The nine selections in front of the Cowboys all are oh, offensive. Yeah. That's a way it could happen. And the Cowboys would have their pick of all the defensive players in the draft. Edge rusher, middle linebacker, corner, any area they want to address, they're going to address it. And they may have the ability to trade down as well. Chris, we talked about that dynamic last hour. Yeah. The Cowboys are a team where the power structure is going to be there next year. Maybe they see an opportunity to move back a little bit, pick up some more lottery tickets, maybe some for next year where they have a better chance to scout. But either way, when you have multiple needs, always better to consider sliding back if you can. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, really, it's it's going to be interesting. They are sitting in a pretty spot. I mean, as far as like a defensive defensive needs, you know, I could sit there and say maybe Denver might be a team that looks for defense, right? Maybe a little bit. I think they could, you could put them in that conversation, uh, but not the same positions I don't think Dallas is looking for. Dallas has got, you know – Two things I think you look at. Yeah, they, I think they could use a legit, you know, edge pass rusher opposite of Lawrence. I think that's like a real thing, to, at least to me, or some difference-making defense alignment. I don't think any D tackle is worth ten there. So maybe if they wanted to go that route, they trade down there, you know. But but corner pass rusher certainly, and like you know, I heard the radio host there making the Patrick Sertain jokes and all that. That's uh, you know I don't know if you made me say who the Cowboys are going to pick at number ten right now it would be that guy you know they don't have corners I think Sertain really fits 
the kind of Seattle, Atlanta, you know, Dan Quinn scheme, right? You know, he's a bigger guy. I don't think he's like the best man-to-man corner, but I think he's really smart and can do everything real good. So he would fit everything that way. That makes sense. So if they stay at 10, I'm expecting to be Patrick Sertain. If they drop down, I think they're probably looking for some sort of defense alignment that they feel like they could get just a little bit later in the draft and get some picks like you're talking about. Patrick Sertain over your guy, Caleb Farley? How dare you? Well, I, Caleb Farley, to me, no doubt is the guy. But that's – Mike, that's the amazing thing. I mean, I don't know where he goes. Opt out, back surgeries, all of that. He's a freak show. You know, maybe that's why they trade down. Maybe they realize like, hey, wait, we could get Caleb Barley maybe at 18, 20, something like that. You know, maybe that's why they do. Maybe they don't feel comfortable about taking him at 10, but they'd feel better at 20. That's a, that's a possibility. You know, the other thing I look at too, you know, with like Jalen Phillips, the same thing. Jalen Phillips for my money, and I, you know, I heard um, – you know, uh, Brandt, uh, Gil Brandt, right? The other day I was, I was reading an article on him and he, he, he made a comment about, you know, the best pure pass rusher, the guy that could be a star out of the defense is Jalen Phillips. I mean, Gil Brandt's around the Cowboys a lot. You know, I would think he'd be their type of guy too, but you know, again, the concussion history, all of that stuff, missed football two years ago by sitting out and, and all that. Uh, maybe that's why they trade down too. Maybe they got their eye on him. They don't feel comfortable at 10 and they can go, wait, we can get him maybe at 18 or 20 or something like that. So interesting spot for the Cowboys and a lot of intrigue with this draft. Holy cow. You mentioned Gilbrand. I got so much respect for Gilbrand. Yeah. 89, still going strong. Crazy. And, and you know, the rest of us can only hope that that at that age, number one, we're still around. Number two, we're able to do anything. And number three, we're able to do the thing that we love. And we still have a love for it yeah. after that many years to still have the passion. It really is a remarkable story and good that he finally got in the Hall of Fame as he deserved to be. All right, let's take a look at some prop bets on the defensive side of the ball, given that the Cowboys will be, or at least should be, looking in that direction. First corner drafted, the points bet odds... <laughs> Uh, are available, and uh, as always, our odds come from them. There's Patrick Sertain, minus 300, the clear favorite. J.C. Horn, plus 200. Your guy, Caleb Farley, plus 1,500. Looks like the folks in Vegas think that that uh, it would be Patrick Sertain to the Cowboys at 10 or maybe to someone else before then. Yeah, I, I would think that that's the first guy off the board. You know, clean medical history, been coached by Nick Saban, you know, has all the attributes you want. To me, the one thing you've heard me say continually about Sertan is just I wish he was a little faster. You know, I do think he's going to have some issues matching up man-to-man with the elite receivers in football, the speed guys that way. You know, that's to me where Caleb Farley, I don't question that at all. I've never seen someone that big run the way Caleb Farley does. But, yeah, I think when you take all into account, I think Sertan is going to be the the first guy off the board you know it'll be interesting it's a good corner group it really is I think some of these guys in this this group are a little overrated for for my money you know again I don't know how you can rank and you this makes sense to you Mike I don't know how you can rank a corner like a top 20 pick a top 10 pick that kind of stuff if they don't run four three you know the great corners in the history of the sport run four three or better that you just go through it that's it how do you expect them to cover the really fast receivers in football if they're a tenth of a second slower 
And the receiver, you got you to be able to recover. Heard you say this before. You got to be able to recover when they make the move. When they exactly. zig, and you thought they were going to zag. You got to have the ability to, to close the ground. That yes, that's where I mean I err on a little bit of just pure speed when I evaluate corners, and I have a decent history with corners uh, evaluation. But but uh, yeah, I, that's it's a, it's an interesting topic, and some of these corners that we even had on the list there, you know, they're like they're zone guys where I'm going to go. You can't put him on an island. He didn't. They didn't even trust him in college to be on an island. And now you're gonna say, okay, we're gonna draft him in the top 25 picks like that. That to me, what doesn't add up sometimes. The two guys at the top of the odds that we showed from points bet: Patrick Sertain the second, J.C. Horn. Both the sons of NFL players. Yeah, now cool. Sertain's dad was a corner. J.C. Horn's dad, Joe Horn, was a receiver. Does it? What what is the factor? Is there a factor? Does it count? Does it matter if dad was an NFL player? I think does it, that help a guy? I do. I think it does help a guy. I think I think the the big thing is where coaches, front office people, you know, they feel comfortable and wait, this guy grew up in this. He knows what life is like in the NFL. He knows what to expect and, you know, more times than not knows what it takes to be a professional and play in the league. I think that's the positives. You know, they realize like, okay, the, more times than not, it's like, hey, this guy grew up in this. He's a gym rat. This is what he likes to do. He knows everything about the sport. There's going to be no shocks. He understands the business, everything like that. I think that's the value that, you know, coaches and GMs look at with, you know, sons of ex players and things like that. Asante Samuel Jr. also yeah. in the draft. He right. was, uh, Asante Sr. was a Patriots standout, went to yeah. the Eagles, got a huge contract. Uh, last year, Antoine Winfield Jr., who I, I thought should have gone higher than he did. Definitely. Buccaneers get him, and he ends up being a key member of that defense. That's another reason. And and we know how the cycle works. A guy comes in, his dad played, he does really well, all of a sudden, more attractive. Go back to 2004, quarterback gets drafted. His dad was a really good quarterback. He doesn't do so well. All of a sudden, the son of a player isn't as attractive. You didn't see where I went there, did you? Well, because you said 2004. <laughs> I was drafted in 2003. 2000, I, well, I thought you were talking but, about Eli. Was the, I was like, what is he no, talking about, Eli? I, I'm talking <laughs> about the 2004 draft because it was the 2003 draft where you entered the league. Oh, saying, okay. By that got draft, you. they're saying, well, Whoa, okay, yeah, forget, right, about, right, right. forget about the son of the guy who played. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway. sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Who will be the first defender drafted regardless of position? What does points bet say about that? Drum roll, please. Sertain over under for him, 10 and a half. Michael Parsons, 12 and a half for him. There's Horn at 13 and a half. Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan, 16 and a half. Christian Barmore, 23 and a half. Gregory Rousseau, 30 and a half. I, it's so hard to tell this year. Yeah. It really is. There's none of these that jump off to me as wrong or no, right. right, I, right. We just don't know. We just don't know. I think Sertain is the one that's the most intriguing because, like you said, if he's there at 10, I, 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 it seems like the Cowboys would slash should take him. Right. So I would go under on him for the rest. Who the hell knows? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, listen, the one I, I don't like – J.C. Horn, you know, we, we were just talking about. I, I, I like him a lot. You know, I, I, I see a lot of things like that here recently where it's top 15, top 20. I, I'm shocked by that. I, I really am. I'm shocked. Good player, but, you know, he would be that guy again that I would say – I don't know if the speed is quite special enough for me to take him in the top 20 and think he's going to lock down like top end receivers. It's the top two guys of the list for me, Mike, as far as the first two defenders off the board. We talked about the Cowboys, right, with Sertain at 10 and all of that. So that's certainly a possibility. 
You know, I brought up the Broncos before in that conversation about a team that could be looking defense. I look at them at nine to think, hey, Vic Fangio came from the 49ers. What did he have there? Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis. He went to the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator. They signed Danny Trevathan, drafted Roquan Smith in the top ten. I they don't have a they the middle linebacker is really probably the most glaring need on their football team. Michael Parsons is that guy I look at to go. He could go number nine. You know, he he's he's too special of a specimen. He's right up there with the Devin Bushes and the Devin Whites of the world who we saw both go in the top ten or eleven, you know what, two years ago. So I could see him being the first guy off the board of the Broncos at number nine. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Here's my my open plea yeah. for J.C. Horn. Right. Wherever he lands, wherever he plays, get a couple of old flip phones. Yeah, definitely. Put them under the goalpost right. every game. You get fined. We will raise the money. We will do the GoFundMe to raise the money for the fine. I know that, that no one else is supposed to pay the fine. Fine. We will raise the money to pay the fine. And you actually got to call dad. That's the other part of it, too. You got to go fish out the phone and call dad after scoring your first NFL touchdown. It may take a while playing defense, but I think it's worth it. Well, and it would be money well spent, especially since it would be someone else's money that we'd be raising to pay for that fine. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, yeah, it would be really cool. I, hey, there, he is a stud. As far as his body makeup, his strength, his physicality, his attitude, I mean, I love that aspect of him. He's got a no-nonsense, in-your-face type of style that I do love. There's no doubt. It'd be cool if he did do that at some point in his career. You know, I, Flip phone, I guess he could still buy them. Or maybe he just, you know, iPhones it, right? He's got gloves on. It's going to be hard to dial on the flip phone. He could just pick up the iPhone and say, hey, Siri, call dad. And that might be a cool thing to do. So I'm with you there. I hope he infuses that into a celebration at some point. He's, he's got to get Nike to make him a set of gloves that maybe has just tiny just little a holes finger. at the yeah. tips of the fingers <laughs> yeah. or, the, or the, the different material so you can still punch out on the phone. But either way, either way, we hope that at some point there will be an homage to what his dad did all those years ago, although it was a significant fine, a very significant fine that was imposed on Joe Horn. How many defenders go in the first half of the draft? Let's see what point. Do we have a points bet odds on that or, or no? Do we? No. Just just curiosity. Yeah. Look, I, I think we may not see any until 10. I, I, so I, yeah. after that, I don't know, four? Is it is four too high? What's the over? How about over under a three and a half? What are you taking? Ooh, three and a half. That's a good – okay, that's a good one there. Um, mm, Man, I would say I, – I, I'm going to go – I'll go over – did you say three and a half? I'll go over. Three I'm, and a half. I'm going to say I'm gonna say four. But, that man, it's dicey when you sit there and look at that, especially you go the top half of the draft. Your Vikings football team, I would think, would be thinking defense, right? I, I would think the Giants are thinking defense. Cowboys, Broncos, those are the four I'm kind of leaning on. I don't know about you know the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Eagles. They could go a lot of different ways there. So I'm going with the over as far as if you set it at three and a half. What do you think? What, what do you think the Broncos do if Justin Fields mm. is there at nine? That's like, again, one of those where you brought it up earlier, right? Where it's like, wait, the coaching staff's butts could be on the hot seat. The personnel people just got there and might be going, we're looking in the future. We don't care that your butt's hot on the seat, whatever there. So that's where it's a, it's a tough decision that way. Man, 
I would just think with where they are as an organization right now, I if I'm Denver, I, I'm staying with Drew Locke and I'm calling the 49ers and trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I'm trying to do right now. That would be that would be my play if I'm them. You know, again, I I never have, Teddy. I'd want Teddy. Okay, or him you. too. Either way, the, either one. That type of guy. Um, again, I'm not a I'm not a big believer in Justin Fields as a top ten pick. I'm not. I've, I've said that from the start. I really think he's somewhere between twenty and thirty two for me. There's some issues in his game that I'm just not sold that are that are fixable, and that would scare the hell out of me. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'll say about the Broncos. Thing to remember about the Broncos dynamic, and you hit the nail on the head. Vic Fangio may be on the hot seat. George Payton, the new GM, isn't. And Payton ascended to this job after years of being in the NFL. He passed on opportunities to interview for other GM jobs. He surely has a list of coaches he's been scouting. When you're a scout, you're not just scouting players. You're scouting coaches. He's got a list of coaches he wants to hire. He's already got it. He comes to the job with that list. And unless, coincidentally, Vic Fangio is number one on the list or somewhere in the top five, Peyton's not going to care if Fangio ends up getting fired after this year. A lot of times when you get a new GM, when you have an existing Buys head coach, you an he, extra year. he wants, yeah. he wants right. to get that coach out. And you're right. It gives you a grace period because you're not judged until you get your coach. Exactly. Now, now, if your team ends up pretty good, then you're stuck with that guy for a few years, like like Jerry Angelo was with Dick Duron all those years ago when Angelo wanted to pivot to Nick Saban or Lovey Smith, and and Duron won the division, so it ended up being a three-year forced marriage. But yeah, Peyton isn't going to care unless Vic Fangio is at or near the top of George Peyton's list of coaches that that he's been waiting to work with. Yeah, all right, uh, let's take a break. We will be talking. I haven't mentioned this earlier. Rashad Weaver. University of Pittsburgh edge rusher going to be joining us live here as we're eight days away from the start of the 2021 NFL draft. We'll be back with Rashad Weaver here on PFC Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Rashad Weaver was one of the surprises of, uh, I, I mean, 
of all the edge guys to me. Big, long, fluid athlete with sneaky explosion. He's first off the ball every snap. Coming around the edge, being able to dip that shoulder. The way he moves and stuff reminds me of Montez Sweat. Dominates tight ends. Like, oh, how dare you block me? Get out of my face. I'm going to make the tackle. I don't know why there's not a little more chatter about this guy out there altogether. Gonna be a little more chatter right now about Rashad Weaver. Here he is, Chris Sims' number four prospect at the edge rusher position. Pittsburgh Panther defensive end Rashad Weaver. Rashad, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. I'm good, you know. <clears throat> Just counting down the days, working out, doing what I can to be ready, get there for a rookie minicamp, whatever team decides to, you know, pick me and bet on me. Got to be a weird, weird time in your life as you just wait for this arbitrary selection. Where am I going to be living for the next four years? Maybe a lot longer than that. How do you deal with that uncertainty where basically you look at the map and there's 30 different cities where you could end up and you're going to find out just like the rest of us do when uh, when somebody gives you a phone call coming up here in eight, nine or 10 days? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm a super structured person and like to have a plan and stuff. So that's kind of the stuff I've been stressing over, like where am I moving all this stuff? I'm trying to leave Pittsburgh, go back home to Florida for a month. And where am I going to go after that? But um, actually, team wise, you know, I know wherever I get picked, it'll be a blessing and all the work will pay off. So I'm not really worried about what city, but it's just the waiting game until I get there, you know, that stresses me a little bit. Like what, what is the approach right now as far as like training and things like that? Do you take some time off and try to just enjoy the next 10 days or are you still printing it pretty hard? Just for all those viewers out there, I want to know you were, you were eating some food while we were on commercial break. You're trying to keep that white, that weight up. I like that. But like, yeah, what's your approach right now? 10 days out. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, after pro day, I took off. Our pro day was on Wednesday. I took the rest of that week off, and I got right back to it uh, that upcoming week. Um, these past two weeks, me, Jimmy Morrissey, and Bryce Hargrove have been at the facility with uh, Coach D from the strength staff and, you know, getting in those those grinding days. You know, we're, we're putting in work. We're going – we're having finishers every day. We're doing all type of stuff, you know, just putting in work, hitting the field, getting our wind up, short sprints, long running. Um, and we're just working because we know once we get there, we're back at the bottom of the totem pole and we have to, you know, uh, get, gain the trust of the coaches and of the players that are already there um, one way or another. Let's peel back the curtain a little bit, too. Rashad was very polite. He began to eat during the break because <laughs> he saw that Chris was eating. He did not realize that Chris wasn't eating. Chris had his big giant makeup brush out and he was digging in because Rashad, I'm sure you can see Chris that, that he it's it's not a five head. It's a six head on Chris. Sam. So, so good on Rashad to make sure that he had time to have a little breakfast while we were waiting to come back from break. Hey, Rashad, I pride myself on my research. I do some high level research on the people we have okay. on the show. And here's the best one I got for you. Your middle name is awesome. Rashad Capone Weaver. <laughs> Tell me about how you got Capone as your middle name. Man, I might have to throw that on a jersey one game if they let me do that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my middle name, I mean, you know, honestly, I have super young parents. You know, they had me when they were teens. And, you know, my mom was like a tomboy when she was in high school. And, you know, I think she just stumbled across that from Al Capone and she liked it. And that's what she threw in as my middle name. It's awesome. I, I love it. It's a great name. Florio, Florio loves it. He perked up when he heard that. All right. 
This is, I'm always intrigued by this, Rashad. Of course, as you know, I'm a big fan of yours. <clears throat> I think you're without a doubt one of the five best edge pass rushers in the draft. But like, how do you deal with all? It, it's it's nitpicking time. People are always picking away at your game. How do you deal with all the negative stuff you hear? You know, out there in the media and from certain scouts in the media and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I mean, I appreciate you. I feel like you recognize the game and uh, and you see what I bring to it. Um, and with that, I think it's just kind of people that uh, they're either bored or they, they truly don't know what they're talking about. Because some of the stuff you mentioned, you know, where I see myself, that I try not to see. Um, right. It's just not feedback I get from teams or coaches. It's almost the exact opposite. Uh, so, you know, at, at sometimes you wish you just uh, you got no, uh, noticed more by media, but at the end of the day, media doesn't matter. They're not going to be the ones calling my phone on, on draft day. They're not the ones I've sat in Zooms with that told me what they love about my game and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, that's what I, I kind of try to focus on. And th over the past couple months, I've unfollowed more and more <laughs> draft accounts because uh, <laughs> I feel like they, I, I feel like I don't they don't know what they're truly talking about at some uh, at some points. And, and again, they're not who matters. You know, I know they have a job and they have to try to guess what they know best or try to get clicks and stuff like that. But uh, I think it is what it well, is. Mike, can I ask one more question just off that real quick, just if you don't mind? Just to, I, I'm curious, too. Like, don't you – I just, some of the stuff is crazy. Like, uh, no bend, you know, not a twitchy athlete. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, your bend is what jumped out to me. I was like, well, this guy really is – great coming around the edge dipping the shoulder all that do you feel like you at least answered questions with your pro day where you put up some pretty not pretty big numbers where i think people are going to go whoa wait this guy's better athlete than i thought yeah and i think uh, even with that again with the bend i think um meeting with outside linebacker coaches dn coaches all that they talk about my ankle and how how i bend for being a six four six five guy right. um getting down there my passers moves and all that type of stuff and again i'm 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 the first off the line. You know, some of the coaches even talk about sometimes it doesn't look like you're moving as fast as you are just because how lengthy you yeah, are. Yeah, you realize it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, with Pro Day, I think it went great. You know, <clears throat> I could have had a little faster 40. I'll blame it on the new turf. It was like four inches tall. But everything else was great. You know, my agility and my drills and everything, you know, I, I knocked it out the water. And I think it just got paid less attention to than if it was somebody else because, you know, I told my agent, it just doesn't fit the narrative. I mean, you know, coming in running a sub – sub seven three cone somebody else does that that they like uh you know it's gonna be on twitter for the next month and they're gonna be blowing it up you know i run a decent shuttle you know it was a good shuttle to other people but i ran faster shuttles than that at my training you know i could have ran in the four ones on my shuttle easily um but you know those just don't fit the narrative to me and what they want to say about me so i think it just kind of got swept under the rug um but again you know the people that matter seen it Hey, uh, Rashad, injuries happen in football. You had the torn ACL in 2019. What did you learn the most about yourself going through that very grueling and demanding and challenging rehab to get back to 100%? Yeah, so for me, um, I'd say something I always knew about myself, uh, but just even showed it more. Is I'm super mental, mentally tough, and, you know, I'm a, it, it is what it is type of person. Like, it happens, so let's grind. But something I really learned about myself and grew was my patience, you know, it just wasn't my year for me to go be an All-American and go to the NFL that year. You know, I just needed to, um, you know, go with the, the game plan and the timeline of, of my life and, you know, rehab and get better mentally at football, uh, physically, my body, and then come out in 2020 and take a, 
full opportunity of every chance given, especially with the COVID year and not knowing how many games we play. But um, all right, fun question. All right, I mean, because I do my research too, and you know, of course, know what you look like. Where'd your blonde hair go, man? I thought we were gonna be two blondes on here together, talking oh, ball. What man. the hell happened with you, man? Come, Come on, on. Man. <laughs> yeah, we got the dirt on you. <laughs> hey, I had the blonde this past season. That's the first time I ever did anything to my hair. Again, like I, I don't step out of my comfort zone that much. But I was like, it's COVID, so no one's gonna see me except for at the games. <laughs> we see you. If I don't, if I don't like it that much, I can cut it off. But yeah, it, I, it grew out. I got it a little bit cut off every time I went and got a haircut, and it's all gone now. <laughs> okay. It's always jarring when you see a defensive player, especially a defensive lineman, with a number in the teens. 17, we flashed that up there a few times. What what, what put you in number 17 as a defensive end? Uh, I mean, yeah, so I've been playing tackle football since I was in third grade. You know, I started out with tackle football and all that, and you know, like a lot of guys in college or even though when you're younger, uh, you play quarterback, you know, because they want the best athlete, best player to have the ball in their hand. And um, growing up, Peyton Manning was my favorite player. So I just got one number under him and I played quarterback my whole life up until high school. So that's just kind of where I got that. Um, I, I switched over to a different number in high school because I played tight end and DN for the first time. And then when I got back to college, I just texted Coach Narduzzi as a freshman and I was like, and I have 17, you know, let's go back to the roots where I started wearing when I was, you know, a kid playing football. Um, and, you know, they're making the rule now uh, outside linebackers might be able to get that number. So hopefully the team drives me as outside linebacker. I can maybe throw it on. If there's not a skill, skill position that'll take it from me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I know. I, I figured you'd have your eye on that 17. And I mean, can you throw it? Can you throw the football a little bit? I'd like to see you throw. I can't picture your big butt dropping back and being a quarterback. Yeah. I could throw before these shoulders got banged up playing D line. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, I I brought up the like Montez Sweat comparison a little bit when I was doing. You know, you you got a pro player comparison, right? Who who's the guy you know in the NFL that you look at or you model your game at or you think you're maybe the most similar to? Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> naturally, I just always go for the big guys. You know that are have you know are explosive and adequate speed but maybe not four fours four five those type of guys so i've i've watched a lot of you know chandler jones right you know, that's a a lengthy guy that just you know destroys guys with his length and um is unorthodox with his moves and does some crazy stuff to utilize his own skill set watch some jason pierre paul another big defensive end that just uh right gets up the field and causes havoc in the backfield uh, everyone's favorite you know especially as me growing up uh, jj watt just because he can play up and down the line and then he can impact the game on any play, which I feel like I can. You know, he stops the run. He gets to the quarterback, and he, he uh, deflects passes, which I just feel like that's all of my skill set. So those are just a few of the guys, you know, I try to take from and watch. Rashad, you strike me as someone who is very structured, very organized, a man with a plan, guy who wants to know where he is right now, where he's going, but for the fact that nobody knows where you're going in the draft. But tell us what you're going to be doing during the draft i got a feeling you've got it all mapped out where you're going to be who's going to be there where the phone's going to be which channel you're going to have on this tv what food's going to be there give give us an idea of what it's going to look like to be rashad weaver on draft night yes i mean i already got my outfit out i got my outfit ready <laughs> i'll be uh down in uh cooper city florida uh with my best friend from here uh, at pet pit Keyshawn, my best friend from high school mom dad sister both sets of grandparents 
and my best friend from high school's parents because we're having it at his house. Uh, I know they're they're still asking me what kind of food. I haven't decided yet, but I know what the d- dessert is uh, already. <laughs> and then you know I, I haven't decided. I'm either not gonna watch it and just wait for my phone to ring. I'm gonna go sit in the other room while they watch it, or I'll be sitting there staring at the screen, sweating. Um, so. But that's the main game plan. All right. So I got to, I mean, the main game plan, I want to give me, give me a little scouting report on the giddy up. I want to know what you're wearing. Okay. Let me hear it. Come on. It's a, it's a surprise. Okay. Nah, fine. It's it's a, we'll have a, we'll have a, uh, I have a, uh, our own clothing brand, me and my teammate here called Dreams to Reality. So I'll have a nice uh, shirt on there. Cool. Um, pair, nice pair of shoes to match the shirt. And I'll be relaxing a pair of shorts, uh, some gym shorts to, complete the outfit you know i'll be in nice sunny south florida yeah okay all right what dessert like dessert like what, what are we talking about there what are we gonna crush um the first on list was bunt cake you know they got this bunt cake place down there uh that's just it's amazing but i only have a few pieces because i'm trying to keep this weight under control <laughs> see me you see me eating because i have my meal prep you know that's healthy food so. <laughs> okay <laughs> Hey, Urshad, we, we wish you all the best, and we'll be thinking of you as you're picked, and we can't wait to see where you end up. Congratulations to you. All the best to your family. It's great you got all your grandparents. It's great they're going to be able to share that moment with yep. you. Tell your mom excellent selection on the middle name, and uh, <laughs> we'll see where Rashad Capone Weaver gets drafted coming up here in eight or nine days. Thanks, Rashad. All the best to you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. See you, guy. Be good, All right, man. There he is, Rashad Weaver. Back, back with more PFT Live right after this. My my home the best. wore the Tom Brady jersey, but made it clear Patrick Mahomes is the best. Says Tom Brady in response, I think actions always speak louder than words. Mahomes with the response, I guess we will see in 20 years. Boom! (laughs) He's going to be be counting championships on those fingers. Hey, and here's the reality, Chris. Mahomes had a chance to cut it to 6-2 this year. That would have been interesting. Now it's 7-1. Big gap. Big gap for Patrick Mahomes to make up over the next 20 years. Yeah, no, big gap. I mean, you know, again, football, you need to depend on all the support system there, you know, and that's that's the big thing. Can the support system around Patrick Mahomes be that good for that long? We've really never seen any team do it that long other than the New England Patriots. It's the only team in the history of the sport. Two decades, they win them. They win both decades. Uh, so that that's that's going to be the tough part to add add you know add to that conversation. All right, draft today. We got another draft inspired by the soccer super league because if you haven't heard, it's already dead. It's gone. Dead. It's over. Kaput. Finito. So today's draft, short-lived NFL stories. This one was not easy to research. Christopher, you got the trivia question for me. Fire away. No, no, it was not. I think uh, got some good creative ones, though, that I came up with. So, But, yeah, it was not the easiest one. You couldn't do this one off the top of your head. All right. Um, man, this is an easy question. All right. What stat did Brady best Mahomes in last season? Passing yards, passing TDs, or QB rating? No, it would be QB rating. QB I think rating? that's a – 
Wow. Passing wow. TDs. Wow. He had more passing. Wow. He was what the only Brady and Rodgers were the only ones to get above uh, to forty maybe, or above, maybe. I believe, right? Oh, and Wes Russell Wilson got to forty two. Okay. Maybe it All wasn't right, so. that easy. All right, you got the first pick. You got yes. the first pick. Go. Okay. Um I think when I think of short lived stories that I was excited for, uh, that fizzled out, but still fizzled out in kind of a fun way, just like, you know, this super league or whatever. How about Antonio Brown to the Raiders. Okay. Talk about a short lived story with a lot of action in a short time. Oh gosh. You know, whoa, it's going to be awesome. What's Antonio Brown and John Gruden going to be like, when's it going to blow up? When are they going to get in the first fight? You know, in the, on the sideline. Cause Antonio didn't get a hundred catches in one game and all that. I was so excited to see that whole play out. How's John Gruden going to use him? Oh, wait, the guy doesn't like his helmet. Oh, he doesn't want to come to practice because he doesn't like the helmet change. All of that. Then he burns his, freezes his feet and does all of those <laughs> damn things. So to me, that's one of the best short-lived stories I can think of here in recent history. Yeah, he never actually played in a regular season game right. for the Oakland Raiders. He was cut Labor Day weekend at his demand, at his insistence, and off he went. All right, I, or actually, I think it was the weekend of the first game. It was the weekend of the first game because he had a Monday nighter that year. He was cut on Saturday. They were getting ready to play on Monday night. Uh, this, I'm surprised you didn't take this one. The, the very, very short stint of Bill Belichick as HC it's of a good the one. NYJ – Written on a cocktail napkin, I resign as HC of the NYJ. He was the head coach for like a day, had that clunky, clumsy press conference, becomes the head coach of the New England Patriots, and the rest is history. So from short-lived to one of the greatest tenures we've ever seen from a head coach, all in very close proximity, Chris. Yeah, no, that that's a, it was a pretty amazing 48 hours or so there. I mean, it really was, and... You know, even the stories, you know, behind it as far as Belichick and Parcells that caused a little issue with their relationship for a few years, everything like that. Uh, pretty amazing. It really is. Uh, I, okay. My next one, I think I'm going to have to go with um, Elway to the Colts. All right. that That's like one of the, the short-lived ones that will always jump out to me there. Of course, they pick them number one. He's told everybody he doesn't want to really play there, do that. You're going, wait, what's going to happen? This guy's great career. You know, he goes and says, hey, the hell with it. I'm going to go play third base in the Yankees, does all that kind of crap. And eventually, you know, it gets it, it gets sorted out to where they trade him to Denver. But I guess why it's such a great short-lived story, too, is, you know, at that, that was, uns that, that was I don't know, to, to my knowledge, nobody did that. He was the first one to really do that, right? To kind of go like, I'm not playing for a team. I remember seeing the old clips of like Terry Bradshaw at the time going like, who the hell does John Elway think he is doing this stuff? <laughs> Remember all that? So I thought that was uh, a pretty good short-lived story for me. Um, I, I, I agree. That was a good one. Uh, next one for me, and I got two more that I really like. And okay. I'm going to pick this one because I don't think you're going to get the third one. I, I don't think you're even aware of the third one. The second one is Bill Parcells as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that's where he was going. That's what he was doing. Right. Mike Tannenbaum actually took the job as the GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was ready to go, and then it's time to walk to the altar, and Parcells says, nah, I'm good. See you later, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, I, I still remember that. that one vividly. And that 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 was the first domino 
that ultimately resulted in John Gruden getting that job in 2002. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I really, I had totally forgot about that little chain of events there, and that had been interesting. Just think Parcells could have been your first head coach. That had been amazing. Wouldn't that have been perfect? That would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. I, You know, my dad uh, always said he thought his first name began with an F with Bill Parcells. I probably <laughs> would have had the same one. So <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good. All right, I'm going, um, I'm going a fun one here. Short-lived NFL stories. Um, how about the Vikings' chances of making the Super Bowl in the 2000 NFC Championship game? <laughs> that was a short-lived story. You want to talk about, hey, Vikings, going to go back to the Super Bowl. That's awesome offense. We're going to do it. Mike Florio is going to be real happy. Boom, that game was over in the end of the first quarter. See you, Vikings. Short-lived story that lasted three minutes of hope for the Florio family. Yes. Sorry, I just the had only, to give that the to only, you. <laughs> the only blowout in a conference championship game ever. How'd that Super Bowl turn out for the Giants that year, by the way? Uh, it was a little bit of a blowout. A little bit of a blowout. Sorry. Yep, it yeah. was a blowout. <laughs> so that would have been a short-lived story as well that from the same it. cycle, the same season. Technically, the I think the Giants hung the in there longer than your Vikings did, so I'll at least give them that. <laughs> that was the first Super Bowl that – I actually worked. I didn't go to it, but I was in the business then. Yeah. And I said, based upon my careful analysis of the team, whoever scores the first touchdown wins the game. Ooh. And for a change, one of the only times in my life I was right. First team that scored a touchdown won that game. Uh, just because there weren't going to be many touchdowns scored, but the Ravens ended up scoring uh, far few. more than we expected. Right. right. Last one for me. And, and, and you may not be aware that this even happened, but for a very short period of time in early 1996, when the L.A. market was vacant, the Seahawks were going to move there. Mm. They told their employees, we're heading to L.A. They were going to play at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl officials said, we don't know what the hell they're talking about. The Seahawks said, pack it up, off we go. And the league got involved and basically said, oh, you guys aren't going anywhere. But there was a short period of time, and that's the one that, to me, seems the most like this Super League thing. Like, yeah. here we go. We're doing this. And it was dead in 48 hours. And the Seahawks stayed in Seattle. Paul Allen bought the team. And they're there for good. I, like, vaguely remember that, you know, a little bit. But I didn't realize it had gotten that serious to where, like, Seattle was really, like, going, no, we're going. Pack, you know, pack the building up. I don't I don't know if I remembered that. So that that's a good one. I, I, I like that a lot. That would have been interesting. The Los Angeles Seahawks. There is a C there. They told the coaches – they told the coaches they were moving to Pasadena and employees were advised to pack their personal effects because the team was going to lock its offices by noon because they were moving to Anaheim and they were going to take over Rams Park as their headquarters because the Rams had moved to St. Yeah, Louis. Right. Wow. That's a story. What was that other one you were talking about? Didn't you have one more that you said you, you wanted to get to or no? Was that it? No, I no, no. That okay. was the Parcells one. Okay. I think I had a couple others that were just filler if we ran out of, if, if you took any of my ideas, but they weren't great. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. That was a short-lived story <laughs> yeah um Boxborough forever isn't it funny how quickly that went away yeah well I think when people Everybody, like hear facts they start to go oh wait yeah you're right I was stupid <laughs> to think that <laughs> yeah it, everybody dangerous. got it out of their system very quickly right. and now it's gone and uh it will never be brought up again Pete mentioned a good one Frank Gore to the Eagles yeah. one of the few players exercising his prerogative to agree to terms during the negotiating window but ultimately not sign the contract Frank Gore did that Anthony Barr, member of the Jets, 
that happened, and then it didn't. So it doesn't happen very often, but it definitely does I did have Randy Moss part two to the Vikings. That was one more that, that I was going to take a shot to you with. That was going to have yeah, fun with that. that, yeah. that been that would have been more of a biting shot because let me tell you something. <laughs> I was telling Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings and host on KFAN in Minneapolis. I've been going on his show every week for 15 years. I kept saying to him, 2007, 2008, 2009, Randy Moss is coming back at some point. Mark my words, he's coming back at some point. So I was very vindicated and proud that I was right. And then three weeks later, programmatic non-fit is what Brad Childress had to say. Second Brad Childress reference of the day and the last. More PFT Live right after this. So there's Tom Brady after the boat parade, and there's Ryan Griffin, who was playing the role of making it look like Bernie was alive in that video, (laughs) right? Uh, Ryan Griffin re-signs with the Buccaneers. Longest tenured Buccaneer quarterback. It's amazing. If he makes the roster, it'll be seven straight seasons, longest tenured Buccaneers quarterback ever. That, that's crazy. Uh, it just tells you the, the, the trials and tribulations they've had at the quarterback position. And, of course, I was one of them, certainly. But, uh, I mean, it is. To think that they've been around since the late 70s and this is the longest anybody's ever lasted, pretty crazy. they got to think of something for backup quarterback, though, Mike. you got a team that's Super Bowl. They're a Super Bowl team. You know, and they're not going to be if Ryan Griffin has to come into play an extended period of time during the year. I, I'm just, I'm sorry about that. So they got to do Teddy something. Bridgewater. Yeah, that's Teddy a, Bridgewater. That's a good thought. Teddy Bridgewater. Because look, look, they wanted him last year. That's he right. was the second choice behind Tom Brady. Bruce Arians told Peter King that after the dust settled. And very simple. All Teddy Bridgewater has to do is nothing because he's not getting traded to a team that's going to pay him $17 million this year. He's going to have to take less money to facilitate a trade. So all he's got to do is sit back, cross his arms. Eventually, the Panthers will cut him because they owe him 10 They will owe him 17 They'll cut him and owe him 10 The Bucks will pay him $1.075. The Panthers will pay him the difference, and he'll be on a team in the division, Chris. Yeah, that that's smart. I mean, listen, that's a good place for Teddy Bridgewater to, if he does get a chance to play, he's got a chance for success. There's that drunken Florio. Hey, all right. See you tomorrow. See ya. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.